Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and co-hosting with me today is Kristen Palacy, mother, wife, doula, and pre- and postnatal chiropractor. Soon to be. Soon to be. Almost there. Yeah. You're about to graduate. Yes, December. Yeah. Well, you're about to (laughs) graduate. (laughs) Pretty soon. Uh, And we're doing our before and after series where we sit down with someone who is expecting a child and finding out how things are going and how she is preparing for the birth. And then come back afterwards and find out how it all went. Our guest in the studio today is Shannon McGuire. She's a current lawyer but former birth doula and very soon-to-be mama. She's a California native and currently lives and works right here in Los Angeles. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. I'm fascinated by you because (laughs) you are a lawyer. Yes. You don't look like a lawyer. Do do people say that? You know, people actually do, and... I don't even know what a lawyer looks like. Yeah, I think that's part of it is I don't I don't know what a lawyer looks like. And now I've been doing it for a few years, but especially when I started and I looked, you know, f- several years younger than I do now, I think that that was a a more frequent comment. But uh it's So, but that's part of it. You look young. You look very young, and I don't know why you'd think lawyers would be older than that. <laughs> but you also look friendly. Yeah. And the reputation for lawyers ain't that friendly. I think that in a lot of ways, I have certain classic lawyer type A tendencies, and then in other ways, definitely don't have some of those. Um, I think that there can be a certain zero-sum competitive nature to a lot of people who become lawyers, and I don't think that I I was never an athlete. I'm not very competitive by nature. I sort of, but I'm a transactional lawyer too. So I, you know. You're trying to make deals happen, so it's a little bit easier to be. It's not courtroom drama. Not usually. No, I mean, I do some pro bono in courtrooms, but that's the only time I end up there. So for the most part, you know, there is actually, it's interesting. I have coworkers who have a more aggressive approach, and sometimes I'll, like, hear them doing things, and, uh, like, we'll be the same vintage, and I'll be like, do we have a different job? Like, I've never needed to <laughs> yell at someone, like, in oh, my so, life. But it's, like, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I mean, but we'll be, yeah, I I think that there's probably a mix. I do think that sometimes being friendlier, you get asked to do things that, I think being a woman too, sometimes you get asked to do things that people feel more comfortable making certain requests and having you do certain work that uh, they probably wouldn't ask. Yeah, so I think it would work to your advantage. Because if there was this TV show, like you had to pick out, well, the real whoever, Shannon McGuire, (laughs) right? Please stand up. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Where you, I forgot the name of it. Where the, the you, know, you have no idea what no, I'm talking no. about. I'm much older than both of you. Okay, so there was a TV show where basically a bunch of people. There was a profile of a person, okay. who they are, what oh, they did, cool. and then there's a bunch of people in front of the oh, celebrity judges, them? and you get to ask them some questions, and then they have to guess who the real one is, mm-hmm. and then they say, "Well, the real Shannon McGuire, please stand up." Right. <laughs> so. I don't even know what that, how that's relevant here, but <laughs> if I had to pick whether you were a doula or whether you were a lawyer. You would pick doula. Just based on looking at you, which could be totally wrong, I would pick doula. Interesting. Yeah. And I'd be right. I mean, that, that, that's true. <laughs> um, I think that you also look different just in my normal life. I definitely look way more doula. I have, you know, natural hair, just the way I dress is much more, you know, funky. But in work life, I do think... You, like I look more like you know when you're in like business casual or like you a suit. The part. Yeah, you look you look more like a lawyer, and I think people are more shocked in my world that I sort of inhabit now that I ever 
Like, did they ever hear about my past life? Birth work. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's funny because if I ever run into people who knew me in my past life, they're like, <laughs> I think some of them are pretty horrified by the the turn of events. Well, it's but. just that they don't seem like two jobs. Oh, yeah, I'm going to – I'm done. I was a birth doula, and now I'll just move right on to legal work. Well, actually, I remember when I um, was, like, interviewing at firms, like, when you're in law school, which you do right after your first year, and uh, – you know, you're like, I have this resume. My resume, like, does not look <laughs> like most people that sort of have, like, a typical law student resume. Um, and so I remember trying to sort of, like, spin how <laughs> being a doula was like being a lawyer and being an advocate and, like, different things. And in some ways... It is. It is. It is. I mean, you you know, you basically have a client and you try to listen to their needs and do what you can to facilitate them getting as close to what they want as possible. That's really and, interesting. And so I think that that is. But actually, day to day, it is such a different skill set. And I've actually thought about this, you know, being pregnant in when you're a doula, so much of it is being intuitive and tapping in and just sort of like listening to sort of hearing someone on on a deeper level and having that, you know, tuning into subtle things and being emotional and sort of like being part of that. And that is the opposite of my job now. It is like very literal and, you know, um, yeah, so it's... it's, Less fluid involved, I assume. (laughs) You'd be surprised. What made you get into birth work in the first place? How old were you and what, what were you, what were you thinking, really? So... I grew up in a household that was, like, very open in terms of I, – I don't – this is a lot. Like, I probably, when I was four years old, could have told you what my father's vasectomy was like and been, like, like discussed in detail. Like, there was no um, – if you like, – I, I would have been three and been, like, vulva. Like, there was oh, no really? – so I definitely grew up in a household with my mom being very – Hippie? No, not, not really. Hippie. My parents are not very hippie. I grew up in Orange County. Okay. And at the time, I – Growing up, my parents were more, like, conservative, but my mom's very loving and open. Conservative kids don't say vulva. <laughs> That's true. And let me just tell you that growing up, a lot of parents, I think, were, like, what my mother, Lisa McGuire, was, like, doing to her children. They were, like, this is crazy. Like, you're way too open with. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember when my these... daughter went to school and we got a phone call because she said, Pachina. <laughs> they're like no I'm like what, what do you guys call it <laughs> what is she supposed to use yeah. Yeah. so we grew up with a lot of I think so I grew up with a lot of that I was always really into I think I've always been really into healing and different healing modalities since I was very little and I don't really know where that came from other than just completely from within and even as a little kid I this is so strange but I really I loved animals. I was like a very gentle, sweet mm. kid. And I uh, really was into birth so that I remember being four and getting invited to a girl that took um, was my babysitter, like her horse was giving birth. And I went tended like various animal births as a kid. And by the time I was, I was just always very into it. I went to one of my cousin's births when I was about 12. Wow. Um, but I sort of... Again, this sounds more hippie upbringing than I mean, in some ways, it, I mean, it definitely conservative in some parts and really open in other parts. And mm-hmm. I think my mother's very, like, accept you as you are, like, uh, and whatever you're into. She's just, like, a very loving, open person. And so I was into, I think, all of these things. And then a few different things sort of happened. And, like, this is the a weird part of the story is, is when I was 16 years old, this is actually 
I don't want to go on a total tangent, but I actually dropped out of high school. Oh. And I, right at the same time that I dropped out of high school, I got a parking, a traffic citation for not stopping long enough at a stop sign. And I went to um, traffic school and my traffic school teacher was a hypnotherapist. And I did not grow up in like alternative sort of medicine kind of household. But I naturally as a kid, like wouldn't take medicine, was just very like interested in, I don't even know where that came from because that was not like what really happened Something in my was house. Going on around you. But so I went to traffic school and this man, Bill Engel, was my traffic school teacher and he had gone to he was a trained hypnotherapist and he was basically like, We'll make a deal. We'll do forty five minutes of traffic school. It was like when you have to go there all day and it's like, you know, four or five hours. And he's like, and the rest will do hypnosis. And five I had, hours of hypnosis? It was like four or five hours of like learning about hypnosis and we could ask him questions and he oh. was demonstrating things. Okay. And I <laughs> had you know never been for your whole group for our whole group I mean it was like we were all asking him questions and he was talking to us about his practice which I had you know was 16 in Orange County like I had never heard, heard of, of this that. of hypnosis no, I mean I had heard of hypnosis but more like from a like well, a clinical like yeah like at a like you know bar bat mitzvah like hmm. like not like a oh that kind of hypnotist yeah I never like Make I never bark like, like a dog yeah uh-huh. I never really heard about like you know therapeutic and hypnosis. And another thing happened around the same time, too, where I went to this leadership institute thing, which is its own whatever. And there was this group there from, I think, Iowa, and they were um, a group of transcendental meditators. Mm. And they came and talked to us about it, that. And that was also something I'd never been exposed to. And I remember sitting next to this girl I grew up with at this like meeting and her being like, this is so weird. And me being like, this is so you were into amazing. Like, this yeah. is so like, this is so cool. Um, and I, in a weird way, I think that those two things, and then I left school and I was like, not sure exactly what path I was going to take. But in, I was like, I think I am going to be a hypnotist. I think I'm going to be a healer, which I think in a weird way I'd always sort of been interested in. But then um, things sort of evolved. I decided to take a slightly more practical course and ended up going to um, UC Berkeley uh, and graduating with, you know, not <laughs> hypnotherapy degrees. But uh, what did you study? I studied peace and conflict studies and education. Oh, wow. Um, You're so all over. Yeah. I mean, sort of. I guess it's it's sort of all over, but in in my w- – like, the way I sort of see it is a lot of things are sort of similar. But even when I went there, by the time I went to Berkeley, I – so I graduated when I was young. Um, I knew that before I graduated that I was going to – that I wanted to be a midwife and that that was what I wanted to do. And it's interesting because I graduated in 2008 and it coincided with Ricky Lake's um, documentary, oh, the, business the Business of Being, being Born. born. And so it was funny because I remember, like, I already, I'd spent a lot of time thinking about, like, how do you have an impact in the world that's, like, you know, meaningful? What are essential things in the world? If the world, and I, I thought a lot about, like, as I was, you know, really idealistic, like, teenager. And I really wanted to be, like, have a positive, you know, role in the world, which is funny now for my life and what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Corporate law. But, yeah, like, yes, at, like, a large, you know, international firm. and But I really wanted to... I don't know, have this positive impact. I remember thinking, like, if the whole world fell apart, if, like, every system fell apart, like, what are really essential jobs? Um, you know, we're always going to need carpenters. We're always going to – there's just certain things that, you know, you're always going to need. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking that um, I wanted to have a job that was – like Necessary. Necessary mm-hmm. and essential and, you know, part of a bigger fabric than just sort of some artificial, um, which, again, is hilarious with what I do now. But uh, so I – 
had sort of decided I wanted to be a midwife and had different thoughts about how I was going to go about doing it. It wasn't that easy at the time to figure out a good path, in part because I say the Ricky Lake documentary because I think in a lot of ways that was the most mainstream sort of thing that introduced other people to the concept of midwifery and doulas other than sort of people who, um, like my boyfriend at the time, had actually been born at home and had had a of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I was like living, you know, in the Bay Area with like people who had grown up in communes. And Do so, you have uh, siblings? I have an older brother. Do you know what your births were like? Actually, a lot. So part of the whole growing up with everything open being house. open. Like I could have, I was also very into it. So my mom has a great memory. And I think growing up, hearing stories about her life and when people sometimes don't know things about their parents, it really shocks me. So I'm like, of course I can tell you who my mom's third grade boyfriend was. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> but so I did know about my my birth story and my brother's birth story, which both were not very positive. Um, who came first? So my brother came first, and he um, she'd had an old school doctor who she describes as like the kind of doctor who wore like Gucci loafers, mm. um, and he was from Pasadena, like Kristen. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I actually, I mean, like, you know, um, I think that that was just her way of describing him. He was just like an old school um, doctor. And with my brother, he actually, like, without her consent, sort of passed. She was a few days past her due date. Um, he, like, did an exam and then broke her bag of waters while he was doing it, like, intentionally On without purpose? consulting oh, wow. her. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then his birth, she ended up having, like, a vacuum and forceps, which, and sort of, I think, she had an, and she had an epidural. But apparently she had a really nice nurse. Um, and That's for, helpful. Yeah. And for me, um, what I always knew about my birth was that my father really wanted to buy a television that day. Wow. And there was apparently a sale going on. So <laughs> during several hours of my mother's labor, she was stuck trying to buy this television. And oh, like they went to the they store. They went to the store. And she was room? like in total labor. And she's like, I, re- like, I remember hearing like her talking about having like a notepad <laughs> and like keeping tabs on her contractions and. Eventually, they get the TV. No apps yet. Yeah, no apps yet. But she was like, had was her second child, and I think she was fairly far into labor. Um, so, but I mean, did they at least get a good deal on that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. that Do they still have yeah. the TV? And you have to. This is you know television in the eighties, so it's you know. You know what that reminds me of? Will Smith. I once saw. I think it was him. He did an interview on a late show, and um, he started by saying, "Yeah, it's been a great week. I." Uh, <laughs> I, we had our first baby, and also we got our first flat-screen TV. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's funny because I actually, you know, I'm sure you probably know who Will Smith's children are. That's funny to, like, mark how old flat-screen televisions are. That's right. By, like, Jaden Smith. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but he went on to say that uh, the contrast, mm-hmm. w- which was, you know. Material. We, yeah. He said like, when we left the store with the TV, they gave me this big giant manual um, and it just talked about how to take care of the TV and give it longevity and make sure nothing bad happens to it. And with the kid, they were just like, here, take, good luck. <laughs> you know, so oh, so, so you were sort of like a TV moment yourself. Yeah. So I was t- television. Yeah, I should have. TV <laughs> baby. To, yeah, TV baby. And I think my mom went to the hospital and um, was actually not there for very long before I was born because she was Fairly, fairly far. At, uh, she had been laboring at, you know, big Best Buy. Yeah, Best Buy or whatever <laughs> the you know equivalent was. And uh, so she went into labor. She got there, and they told her she wanted an epidural. They told her she was too late. She wow. apparently had a very um, unkind nurse. Wow. Um, and then I was born very quickly. And um, I remember her telling me that it was you know a very painful, intense thing. And I think for her, she 
didn't see it as a positive experience. Um, I think she preferred my brother's birth in part because I think she had a nicer nurse. nurse. And so, um, so I did grow up knowing about our birth stories, but somehow, yeah, th- and that was like totally part of the the narrative of you know like growing, asking about her pregnancies and different things. And she had you know fairly easy, straightforward pregnancies, except for she had some sort of like vein issue with me. And so I think that, but I mean. I think that in some ways what happens to your mother, if you know what happens to your mother, probably informs how you see your own kind of like fate with getting pregnant and, you know, delivery and all of those things. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. but So I knew that that was not – I don't know. It's funny. I think I was always more disturbed by those stories than she was. Interesting. But – What did your parents do? My mom was a flight attendant. Oh. And then she stopped – when we were pretty young, and my father was um, an entrepreneur. He was a real estate broker. He owned some gyms for a while, like that he sold, and uh, he he mostly was like a real estate broker. And actually, mm-hmm. it was really fun as a kid because sometimes he would get paid in like free dinners or like like he'd put in a restaurant. Oh um, yeah, and the, so he had a little yeah. tab. You just walk in. Yeah, and you'd like have a you get paid in like you know. We actually, one of the things he did, the local theater in our town. And so for like 10 years, we had unlimited free movies. Oh, wow. That's which was nice. like incredible. That's yeah. really a good perk for kids. It, we, I mean. And I especially think, today, a movie's like $700. So. <laughs> I saw <laughs> every movie that happened in the 90s. Yeah. I, yeah. Could like, I could see two movies in a theater or build my own home theater. <laughs> <laughs> and have better food. So you, dis- on your journey to midwifery, became a doula? So, yeah, so I had sort of seen at the time that I decided I wanted to be a doula, which I don't remember exactly the moment where I was like, I remember learning what a midwife was, you know, long before knowing what a doula was, but sort of seeing becoming a doula is like the first step to sort of becoming a midwife. And and again, it wasn't like super easy to access. And and I was young. I mean, I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't grow and I wasn't in a community where like this was doulas were happening. Yeah, where I like, or I had someone that I met, and they, this is what they did. And I was were you like, oh. still here in Orange County? No, no, no. I oh. was up in the Bay Area. Oh, the um, Bay Area. So I was up in San Francisco um, for all of this, um, and so I started. I, I don't even know exactly. Like, I knew that I wanted to be a midwife. I knew that there were different like avenues to do that. Um, I had moved to San Francisco after I graduated, and I was like right away started doing a doula training. Um, I did it through like a it was called natural resources and it was this like birth um like birth resource in the mission in san francisco were you the youngest person in your doula class oh actually there was another young girl there but she didn't end up finishing but um yeah so we did a group and it was taught by a woman named abigail reagan who was the midwife who sort of ran our program and then the program sort of i did a secondary program basically through san francisco general hospital that um UCSF is affiliated with oh. San Francisco General, so they do all their training for their so midwifery did two program there. S- sort of. I mean, the San Francisco General one was kind of amazing. Actually, it's a public county like hospital, and so it's a really interesting clientele because when you start getting paying clients, it's like very much in contrast to most of the people that you're serving at San Francisco General, who are all um, obviously not paying. Mm-hmm. Um, and most, it was yeah. I worked through a group. And this is also long ago. This is like nine years ago. So now I'm like even even remembering things, and my life has changed so much. But we worked I'd through. Say. Yeah, we worked with one group where it was um, women who had been homeless, and they were staying in this 
like home facility in like the Haight-Ashbury and they had to be drug tested regularly and they were all pregnant and they had all been homeless. And um, so we worked with women in that program. And that was really interesting because um, there's a lot of different pieces involved in that, including child services and sort of how that sort of played in. Because there's a lot of social workers involved because a lot of them were getting drug tested, not just to stay in their their program where they had to be to stay clean in order to stay there, but also and that was sort of interesting too, with even like administering, like they couldn't take fentanyl or they couldn't take other things that would show up. As oh, positive. during the during the during labor. Labor. Wow. Because if they would take narcotics, which could. are routinely offered during labor, correct, and that then was then they get drug tested. And if they didn't have, and actually, it's interesting. People, nurses would offer them narcotics because they don't, you no. know, they don't necessarily knowing. And you know, for a lot of these women who aren't necessarily very sophisticated, mm-hmm. you know, it's an interesting thing. Like if they didn't have doulas, which obviously they always did when I was there. But I remember thinking, like, this would be a really – and most almost all of them were, you know, alone. They didn't have family or partners. partners or yeah. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be in the The position. situation that yeah. they were in. So that was like a – yeah. That's intense. <laughs> I mean, it, it is an intense way to welcome to the birth world. I, yeah. Different but than Beverly Hills, um, you know, I also had packets moms who were, you know, willing and able to – and that was yeah. a totally different experience. So you got a big, broad spectrum mm-hmm. in terms of your exposure. Yes. Did you like doula work? I loved it. I mean, yeah, like I loved – even even since, it's funny, like I'm still on several doula groups that I was on before. Yeah. Like in San Francisco that I haven't – the last birth I had was August of 2010. So over – you know, it was August of 2010. And so it's been a while. And I'm still on all these groups because I can't like – like I can't emotionally bring myself to like totally cut the cord, and I like to see that I don't live the last, I live by like four hundred miles away. Last and birth you had was seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, over seven years ago. And you're still on the doula boards. I'm still on the doula boards. Because uh, no, no, I don't know if I'm on the boards. I'm on the emails where the chains go out, and they'll be like, oh, I see. "Woman looking for doula," you know, oh. do X Y Z date. You know, do you ever think about it? Well, I actually when I was in law school, I did. And it wasn't great when I was in law school because obviously birth is so unpredictable. And being right. on call actually was a really tough thing for me. I did love birth work. Being on call was tough for me. I think it's hard for everybody. I think especially if you're sort of a type A person. Because oh, you can't control, you can't control anything. You, and also, like, I never actually used a backup. But I remember just living in it's, – it's, this actually is a lot like being a lawyer. Because you can't – I can't go to a yoga class without feeling like I need to have my phone. Because being not checking my phone for an hour is so stressful. Right. Um, but I think that the thing that was hard about being a doula, being really young, is you can never be tired, hungover, sick. You sort of like you can never be away. You're on all the time. You're on mm-hmm. all the time. And, you know, birth is so serious. You want to be the best you can yeah. be for this person. And so the idea that you're going to be like, I don't know. And it, it, it well, is, I'm, I'm a doula and my wife's a doula and we're always on call. I mean, we've been on call kids. for years and we have four kids, but it makes vacation planning really hard. Oh, yeah. So for winter break every year, like now the kids are getting older and we can't do it anymore. But as, as they'd be like, hey, dad, we're going for winter break. And I'll be like, kids, sit down. <laughs> we're going to El Segundo, California. <laughs> it's a resort town with a large airport. Uh, and so like the next year, it's like, we're going to Redondo Beach. Yeah. You can maybe go to Lake so, Arrowhead. Yeah, you can't go too far yeah. because you're always on calling. Yeah, i got to be able to well, drive back. Well, you guys back. have two of you too. So you're like two of us. Yeah, so that's like a double. You have to plan vacation at least nine months in advance. Or like something I did actually when I was um, taking the 
uh, LSAT, which I did. So when I was applying to law school, it was fairly like late in the cycle because I kind of decided late to do it. And I was taking the LSAT. I can't remember the date. It might have been December 9th, but it was like the, you know, sometime in December. And I remember not taking scheduling to have no births for like one month because I was so worried about Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) <laughs> like not being able to, and it's funny because you always have backups but I was so concerned about like yeah people don't really want your backup they and that's the thing you. is they've agreed to you know be with you not with a backup and then you're not always 100% sure your backup is even going to be there when you want them and uh, you know so you just there's no peace of mind you can't yeah. plan anything yeah I or sometimes I'll fall asleep just for a nap after a long night of birth and I come home and the kids are uppity and so I'll fall asleep with my phone on mute you know for for an hour and I'll wake up panicky yeah. like, oh, I wonder if the next person won. And you just you don't know. They can go early, they can go late. It's always right on time. But they can go long before the due date, after the <laughs> due date, on the due date. You try to space out your clients and then all of a sudden three are heating up at the same time. It's it's a tough it's a tough thing to balance. Except for then I became a lawyer and that is exactly what my job is like now. And I literally wake up I was gonna say one stress <laughs> yeah. versus the next that kind of <laughs> similar. Well, let's do this. I'm we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we're gonna come right back and find out how you went from doula to law and then also since you're having a kid pretty soon we'll find out how with especially your background how you plan for your own birth join us in just a moment on the informed pregnancy podcast (laughs) hey everyone it's dr berlin and i want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, It has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. We're doing before and after. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today, co-hosting with me is Kristen, and our guest is Shannon McGuire, currently a lawyer, but formerly a doula, and such an interesting, diverse background. I mean, you have, really, I'm thinking about it, you have a very mixed conservative liberal background, which in today's climate is really weird because <laughs> it's like conservatives and liberals can't even be in the same state. Although my parents have <laughs> totally shifted from what it was like when I was growing up. For my mother, probably in the last probably like 12 years and for my father, probably in the last like four. And so the climate of sort of growing up has changed. And also, I think that, you know, you have children and yeah, I sort I've of believe told. it. Yeah, <laughs> I think people sort of come into the world who they are and you kind of like as their parent help to guide them and hopefully nurture their best qualities and, you know, help them cope with some of their like limitations. But I think that even in I feel like it's interesting 
I think if you would have said to my mother 20 years ago and brought up the idea that I was going to have a home birth, she would have been like, this is insane. And now she's so, like, I, I think it, you... She's into it? Yeah, she's totally into it. And, like, I feel like everyone kind of grows Well, you let the cat together. out of the bag. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's totally okay. You're excited <laughs> well, about well, it. Like... And we are too. But before we get to that, how did you go from, I mean, your whole focus, your vision was midwifery and the stepping stone was doula work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When and how did you shift from that to law? So I think there's a couple things. First, something that always really interested in me and birth work is I'm really interested in how people are controlled and how people get agency and have access to decisions and sort of I think birth is a really interesting point to sort of specifically look at how how women are able to make decisions and sort of um, how that kind of works together and so I think that was something I've always been interested in is how people have access to things and how how we are able to make decisions for ourselves or think we're making decisions for ourselves or how we're controlled. So I went into birth with like really just like a, I don't know, like a combination of wanting to do something that I thought was good for the world, something that I just naturally was super, super drawn to. Um, And then also something I was more, from a more intellectual standpoint, was interested in. And I think that kind of also drew me to law. And when I was doing birth work, it was you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, and the economy was really bad. And I was like doing a lot of uh, side jobs to subsidize this life. Oh, and distance to, you mean doula work didn't, wasn't paying the bills. Glamorous. Yeah. And... It's uh, especially in the beginning, you know, where you're doing a lot of like low fee or no fee. Um, getting your experience. Getting your experience. And it was really challenging. And so I remember thinking, oh, also, I, had to go back and do some additional science classes that I hadn't finished undergrad mm. um, to apply to law school. Law school. No, not to, not to apply to law school. No. To apply to like 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 UCSF's midwifery program. Oh, to get oh. into the midwifery. Yeah, program. yeah, yeah. And I was like, part of me was, uh, I was just sort of like, this is such a long process, and it was kind of a struggle in a way, just where you're on this path and it's not that clear cut, and um, it's long and it was financially difficult mm. to sort of sustain. Um, and so I sort of decided that I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I like something that really drew me to birth work is I think it's like amazing how you can have such a huge impact on one person. Sort of per my mom's story, like, you know, a nurse who's mm-hmm. not very good, you know, having a pretty like, you know, that can really affect someone. Or conversely, yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. If you have a good person, more like for my brother, it can really make you feel like it was, you know, such a different experience. And I think birth can be really traumatic and stay with people for a long time. And that was something that, I don't know, the idea that you could help someone with that, this important point, um, yeah. hopefully. But obviously you can also, if you're not having a good day, maybe, yeah, maybe make some mistakes, um, just be a human. But um, so, yeah, so I was sort of thought that maybe if I went to law school, I'd be able to sort of be more useful for more people. So when I went to law school, I really was one of those people who went to law school not understanding how things worked. And I was like, I'm going to... Change the world. I'm going to help people. (laughs) Which Mm -hmm. um, I suppose I help people of sorts, but not the way that I... um, Imagined. Yeah, not the way I imagined, which... Yeah. It's not too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you said you do pro bono work, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our firm, yeah. We all all do pro bono. I actually just finished an adoption um, adoption. last week. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But so you see, there's still elements of 
helping people in that way. Yeah, I mean, we do we do like asylum cases that are like, you know, like you help people and those are like meaningful. But for the most part, my job is and it is helping people. It's just not helping people in the way that I thought. Right. I was going to be helping people. But it is paying the bills like you thought. Yes. And so. it's like an incredible and I think that it's funny. Like I think it's an empowering thing in a way that I didn't I think there's different seasons in life. And I think that being a professional person, which is something that I didn't see myself like when I was 16 or 12 or any, you know, I never really saw that as being a path. And I didn't really grow up with very many like professional people in my family. And Mm -hmm. so I remember my first like summer internship when you go to your firm and like standing and like you're like in this, you know, fancy like high rise giant building and you have your own office and you're like, you know, wearing a suit. And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, this is so wild. I can't believe this is like. I don't know. It wasn't what I had wanted, but I'm still sort of in a way proud of myself for having gotten there. And I think that it's fulfilling something in me that I didn't know that I needed, maybe fulfilled. So is being a lawyer like it is in the movies? Like, was that something that brought you to wanting to be a lawyer? Or was it just more like, I mean, do you ever think about that? Is that something that crosses your mind? Or is it not? Being a lawyer is so different than... Being in movies. And I think that I think that generally whenever you see like glamorous people where you're like, so much of my job is so unglamorous. You have so many excruciatingly long hours. And I mean, I I find it very challenging to like find time to like cut my hair. Like I cannot imagine like when you see people on television, it's I mean, I don't know. Parts of it are glamorous, I suppose. And I actually the type of law that I do is I, I do real estate and I work on hotel deals. And so the deal that I worked on on weekend is like a hotel. It's like amazing. It's like a really, you know, sexy hotel that you were, if you were rich, maybe you'd go for your honeymoon. But right. Like I'm not there though. I'm like in my like pajamas in my house at 6am on like Saturday on a call, like (laughs) turning documents the rest of the day. And like, you know, so it's, it's a different, (laughs) it depends, but it's a, yeah, it's an interesting twist. Are there tools from your doula life that you bring into law? I think I'm very – I think as a person, I'm very calm. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of being a good – I think part of being a good – I think there's different different there's different there's styles for birth. And I think different people bring different things. I think that something I brought was a lot of calm. Um, and I think in most hectic situations, which at my job, there's hectic situations almost daily at some point. It's um, – it's just sort of staying calm. And I think in some ways you preserve your energy better mm-hmm. um, and you just sort of like don't get caught up in it. And <laughs> I also am able to, I think, compartmentalize in a way that some of my colleagues have a harder time with where like at night people tell me they're like, I can't sleep. I'm too stressed. Because they're, like, they're thinking about because they're thinking about the deals. case or the work yeah. or the deal. And I'm like, I'm literally I've never you had shut that it off. I like, yes, I like close my eyes. I like that's an amazing talent, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite because my background was in working in ambulances yes. and emergency rooms. And so sometimes I'm at a birth like I was at a birth recently with a midwife where things got really intense. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And it was all okay, but mm-hmm. I stayed calm the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the midwife kept checking on me afterwards. She's like, she's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Do you want to process? I'm like, I'm fine. You know, because I'm used to working with people during very intense situations in ambulance or emergency, yeah. like near death or death. Right. So, you know, birth, most of the things I say at birth, they're, they're sometimes intense, but everything's okay. And you see that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then when everything is okay, mm-hmm. it's t- I'm not going to lose an, a minute. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's, yeah, I think with birth, definitely learned, not learned, I think I am calm. And then I think in deals, it's very much like being in an ambulance and it's always life or death with these deals. With the deals, <laughs> yeah. At least it is to them. Yeah, yeah. It, it, people so, pretend like it is yeah. in this way that sometimes you literally have to tell yourself, you're like, no one is going to like lose a limb by right. me like not finishing in this in the next 20 minutes. But I also, you know, you feel that. Um, you feel like <laughs> the pressure's there, but the it pressure's get there. To you. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like in general that that's something that I've learned. And then I don't know. I actually feel like I've lost some of my, or I've not lost, but I've sort of stamped out some of the things that used to. I think made me a good doula, um, which I think maybe people who are my friends feel like I still have, but I definitely don't feel like I'm like what kind of things. I just feel like I'm not as. I feel like this is so this is so crunchy. I feel like my heart's not as open in this way and I feel like I'm not as intuitive as I used to be. Hmm. Um and I think that something that was really nice about being a doula that's sort of like I think why people like having dogs is like it's this opportunity to just be like so loving, so kind, just like look at someone and be like what is it that I can do for you in any way and just sort of like how can I serve you and how can I like I don't know show you love in the what you in the way that you need it right now but i can imagine how that goes away i mean you're just in a totally different environment right so it, it's yeah it's awkward when i try you to almost, show my clients or colleagues love it's very sterile it's very serious you know it's very business and i also think as a woman something i've learned is that you really just need to be like you know to be taken seriously there is a lot of like that right you can't in yeah. the middle of a big negotiation you can't take out some frankincense and just be like, <laughs> everybody let's hey take guys. a breath i <laughs> actually do keep essential oils and you various do. other things at my for office you, but not for them I, so people come to me for one hangovers <laughs> or whatever because i have like all the supplements i have everything in my office and yeah oh, people are like regularly walking and they're like what's going on mm. and i'm like <laughs> i'm at a day spa let's go to shannon yeah all right you're pregnant now yes. you're how many weeks I'm a little over 34. So it's coming soon. You're getting close. Yes. How are you planning for your birth? You said you're planning to have a home birth. I am planning to have a home birth. Um, how am I planning? Well, it's actually funny. Like being a doula, I feel like has been useful in that I do not have enough time to do all the research I would want to do if I didn't know a lot about birth. Mm-hmm. Just sort of being like the kind of person who likes to research. Yeah, like a total like. First of all, I'm like obsessed with researching generally, but also just like would want to know everything. And so uh, that's a helpful quality for a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. um, see crossover, but yes. um, uh, so I feel like in some ways I'm lucky in that I don't have to do that. I, in general, try to be. I feel like I try to eat really well, um, as much as you can. Although I do some like strange things too, even at work, where I think people think it's like you know. I come in with, like, just random vegetables. I keep, like, gelatin powder next to my desk. Gelatin powder for just some protein? Well, it's it's a lot of protein. It's also supposed to be good for joints and so sweet. Yeah. Um, So you're crunchy in the crunchy way. Sort of, yeah. And then the other part of it is this interesting thing, more in the first beginning of pregnancy, where it's a really weird thing where you kind of are, first of all, not telling people you're pregnant. I was very sick. Um, And then you're kind of pretending like you're not pregnant. And I think in some ways I had a harder time... I think I felt less tapped into my pregnancy early on than I thought that I would. Um, I think that per my mom, she'd always sort of talked about like being pregnant with my brother and I and just feeling like very, I don't know, like knowing who we were like from like, the very beginning. From the very beginning. Hmm. And I didn't feel that. And so I think in some ways I felt like something was lacking, but also at the same time, like my days are just spent doing something that's so not 
you know, so you're so not tapped into your body and so not tapped into being pregnant. And so much of it's even pretending like you're not pregnant. Because you're um, trying to get stuff done. You have like Why do you have to pretend like you're not pregnant? Well, I, think I that hear that from actors sometimes who the, whose part, you know, isn't written into the script. I think that um, at a firm. Is it not professional to be pregnant? Or? Well, first of all, I didn't want my clients to know I was pregnant for a couple of reasons. But because you don't want people to not want you on their deals. Oh, right. Because um, then you might not be there, right? You might not. People are worried about it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my clients actually who I see in person know I'm pregnant now. <laughs> and some you're, of them, you're still trying to hide your pregnancy? And, well, for the people that I work with that don't see me. I don't, really? They don't know I'm pregnant. Oh, because they're not, they don't see you. Yeah, yeah. If I just work, like a lot of our clients are in New York. Because so. I would never, you know, my mother always told me don't. Don't ever assume somebody's pregnant. Oh, yeah. I had some amazing comments at work from people, like, early on. <laughs> that were trying to figure it out? Um, that it just it just asked me if I was just, they're like, just are you outright? gaining weight? Yeah, just like, are you getting fat? <laughs> I was like, right. oh, my God. But you're, you're pretty tiny. So yeah. did you start showing early? Yes, I did. I started yeah. showing, like, really early, which is interesting because I gained about 15 pounds in my first trimester. And mm. I've, currently, I've gained about 30 pounds, which is... No, not insignificant. Over two more trimesters with a lot more babies. Yeah, but like, so it did for me, it happened like Quickly. literally yeah. like the minute I became pregnant. I with was, our like, pregnant. first kid, Yeah, I gained 15 pounds in our first trimester. <laughs> Is that, that true? Yeah. Like People were, were around me were just asking if I was pregnant. I mean, <laughs> if, well, my wife, but why did you choose home birth? Because um, as a doula, did you go to both? Yeah, I went to both. I did... Um, I don't know what to say other than I always, like, I've always thought that I, I can't even imagine not planning on doing a home birth. And I understand that, I, you know, in life you get dealt with whatever hand of cards you get and you play them the best you can. So obviously I could end up at the hospital. And so when people ask me where I'm delivering, I say, well, I'm planning on delivering at home because. That's smart. Yeah, because even, you know, in the last few weeks, things could change. Different different things could happen that beyond just, like, getting a transfer, which I hope doesn't happen. But Transferring during – you mean during your home birth? Yeah, during your home birth. But um, I, I don't know. I really trust my body. Actually, it's per the preparing thing. I, in some ways, I feel like I don't prepare properly because I work mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. And so people are like, you should try to walk three to five miles a day. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to try to shower tomorrow. But you can sort of walk like, in place in the shower. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I do, I actually do sometimes. I'll like literally squat in the shower because I'm just like, oh, I should do something for my, my poor body. I see you, you know, yeah. which has been positive. Although I got a birthing ball that I'm now sitting on in my office. But in general, I would say I feel really confident about giving birth and a lot of my anxieties that I feel are more transferred towards caring for a newborn or recovering physically post-birth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like having a home birth just feels so like I feel not, I don't feel anxious about it. I really like and trust my midwives. It's interesting because you, you described your mother's two birth experiences yes. in the hospital and obviously one was more empowering than the other, but neither, I mean, she wanted the intervention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want the intervention. No, no, no. Yeah. I would I would be, you know, obviously things are whatever they are, but mm-hmm. I hope that, it. you know, I, I also, I feel like if everything is okay physically, I'll be fine. Like, I feel like I'll be okay as long as, you know. Are you going to hire a doula? I actually have not hired a doula yet. And we've talked about this because I've thought about having you as my doula because I'm yeah. sort of, you know, when you, different people have different ways of coping. And for me... It'd all be hard to know, you know, you know, like you probably didn't know how you were going to labor. You thought you were going to labor one way and you 
yeah. labor and other. And I think for me, and generally like I'm more, I'm kind of go inward. Like when I'm dealing with stress or pain or whatever, I'm not, like I don't usually, I don't call a friend with like a problem. People more do that. You with go me, inside and deal, I kind deal of, with it yourself. So I kind of envision myself literally being in my bathroom by myself and just kind of like, I also have a husband who's, I think will be great. Um, but I think that if I did have a duel, something that I've, we've talked about is it something that's comforting for me is feeling like you're practically getting something done. So I think body work body in a way feels like it's, and I, it's funny because like I obviously was a doula, but the idea, I'm not sure how I would feel. Being doula Being doula Yeah. And that's totally like as my, as a person, just generally, like I'm much more, I feel much more comfortable giving that than receiving, receiving that. Yeah. I think it's two things, two reasons why people use our service in general. One is because it's body work, mm-hmm. which is different than doula work. But number two, which from the way you're talking about it, is we well, come by the hour. Mm-hmm. So, you you're know. You're there for three or four hours and then you can. Yeah, if yeah. you decide you're loving it, we stay for mm-hmm. more hours. And if you decide you're not loving it, it's time to go and that's okay. But when your doula is contracted for your whole birth mm-hmm. and then you realize this isn't working for me, it's really awkward to like cut them <laughs> loose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be really tough. I also feel like the more people that are there, I mean, probably not like later, but I think I'll just be concerned about. Other you, people. Oh, are you like a people pleaser? Like a like a take care of you're a giver. You're yeah. I'm not like a people pleaser. I would actually say I would say I'm not a people pleaser. Generally, I'm fairly comfortable. Kind of like that was the wrong term. But you're a giver. Like if people are in your home, I you want to take about, care of them. I worry yeah. about other people's well. Yeah. Being. That's who you are by nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if it was like long, you should be like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah, right. Like I think I'd feel guilty or like yeah. something that I've thought about is one of my midwives is a vegetarian and I'm like, I need to make sure that <laughs> before like that everything, we have like good vegetarian options stocked because if she's there and hungry, so but like I've thought about that where I'm like, oh no, because what happens if like what's in the, like, like, you know. Is your husband, like how is he preparing? Is he like oh my God. on board with like, is he as mellow as you are or is he a little He's bit? He's very calm. Um, It's. He's, like, very easygoing, and he grew up sort of similar to me, like, sort of conservative, sort of crunchy mm. um, situation. Interesting so, how you found each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and I actually feel really lucky in some ways in that his sister has had two children with midwives at birth centers. Oh, oh nice. So I think in some ways that's paved this a little bit. Where like, And also he knew what I did before. It's not like, you know— I was a lawyer and I had never done this. And I'm like, I want to have a home birth. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that like. You got the doula background. Yeah. And also he lives with me and I do weird country stuff constantly. Oh. Like this is just how we like. This is your life. This is my life. This is who you are. And so like he knows that like, you know, we just don't use normal toothpaste, obviously. Like because, you know, but. um. So you're planning to labor at home. Yes. Midwife comes to you. Yes. You deliver at home. Are you planning on water? I'm yeah. I'm planning on having a tub. I you know people are like, are you gonna have a water birth? And I'm sort of I think the way that people think about a water birth is you know literally bringing the baby up in the tub. Mm-hmm. And that's like I'm like I don't know wherever I am. Like I think that I'll actually really like the water. I'm very Do you like into. baths in general? I am obsessed with baths. I literally mm. work in the bath. It's like a fire hazard. I'll like. But not with your clients. <laughs> what? No. 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 no all oh, on my computer. Hashtag. But I actually work <laughs> like at night. <laughs> I'll like get in the bath and I'll just like work on my computer. It is not not safe. Yeah. Um, no, with my computer like on a yeah. I can see you doing that during your birth too. Hold on, I got <laughs> I got a text. I got to close this. Oh my gosh, quick. people were talking to me the other day. She doesn't know I'm pregnant. <laughs> I have to answer <laughs> this. Answer right. this. People now. were talking to me about contract, like responding to email and stuff in labor, and I was like, that sounds terrible to me. Yeah. I am not going to be doing that. 
Like, I plan on, like... Shutting it off. Like, yeah. Like, that's... I'm not going to be checking my phone. Are you working right up until the end? The plan is to work right up until the end. And our maternity leave doesn't start until the day we give birth. So it kind of... No kidding. So I'll probably leave, um, like, a few days before my actual due date. Um, but it sounds like you do week. a lot of work from home. Do you go no, into the no, office no. every day? You go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm office. just talking about, like, at, you know... Your homework. Yeah, I'm talking about at 5 a.m. or, like, you know, on the weekend. Got it. Yeah. Or at night. Yeah, 5 a.m. Because <laughs> our clients are in New York. Working really. Oh, like, ah. So that's a, there's actually Coastal been a lot difference. of guilt about that with, like, being pregnant and, like, kind of being like, oh, I should take care of myself or I should, like, bond with my baby. That's hard. It's a difficult balance. Where you're like, oh, no, I know this is not good, especially in the beginning when I was so stressed. I was like, this cannot be good for my, like, poor child. Yeah, or afterwards when you go back to work and you have a, yeah. a baby at home. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I said. The anxiety is post. It's not really labor. So you've seen a lot of women go through labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I assume you've seen all sorts of medicated, unmedicated, hospital, home, vaginal, yes. surgical. Um, Only one surgical, actually. Because you don't get to go in too often. Um, or you just didn't have clients that had C-sections? I didn't have very many clients that had C-sections, so yeah. that made it easy. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, do you have a like a vision in your mind on what your own comfort measures will be? Because sure. at home you don't really get there's no medical options yeah. for pain relief. Yeah. So I think one of my fears is is back labor because mm. I feel like that. So, in general, I think I'm pretty good with pain management, especially if I don't think it's doing any sort of permanent harm. I'm sort of pretty good generally at. Um, you can surrender to intensity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not. And it's hard to say, you know, like it's so hard to know what you'll be like. So I feel like back labor from what I've seen and know sounds really challenging. Well, Chris and I are back labor. Yes. Yeah. It is challenging. (laughs) (laughs) I did my best. So that's sort of a fear of mine is um, having back labor because I think that could be really, really hard. Um, But in terms of comfort measures, I've thought about, I mean, like hopefully water. Like hopefully. Being in water? Being in water. Mm I think they... Do you have a playlist? Yeah, I actually am working on one right now. What, what it's on my to-do list. calms you down? So there's actually... It's actually right now I've sort of only started at like what would be like the beginning. And it's more sort of like... <laughs> I don't know, sort of things that feel more moving. Because I'm sort of hoping that it'll help me go inward. Because yeah. I think that that's where I'd want to be. That's where you want to go, yeah. Yeah, so it's more songs that when you listen to them, they make you feel more like emotive. Like oh, God, I don't even... I don't even know. I should like look at my... My, like, on your because like, the afterwards and... you can share it with other people on Spotify. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd be way too on shy Spotify. to do that, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a link. Okay. <laughs> actually, I don't know if I will. I don't know how to do that. I'm not that tech savvy. He'll like reorganize them for you. He's please, like, no, yeah, please. One, one I actually one of my best friends. <laughs> I do parodies. To... Oh yeah. Yeah, but, like one of the things I do at labor because I feel like bring levity. Yeah, I feel like if you're laughing, your body knows you're not in in terrible danger. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes if the setting is right, not everybody likes this kind of thing, um, I'll take whatever's on your playlist and sort of improv parody (laughs) the lyrics for Labor and Delivery. So if you're going to be there, I should send it to you in advance so you can get like a No, it's much better when we do it on the spot. (laughs) Much better. Because we end up all doing it together. 
One of my best girlfriends wants to be there, and I do not want her to be there. She's, like, a wonderful person. She's a very dramatic, like, not soothing presence. Mm. And so one of the things that I have sort of expressed to her that she could do that would be helpful is helping me work on on your playlist. On my labor oh. playlist. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I've also told her, I'm like, if you get to come at all, it is, like, immediately, like, when I'm, like, realize I'm actually in labor and we can, like, have a glass of wine and I'm going to, like, take a bath. like And then go home. And then you have to leave. Okay. Yeah. What, what oils do you like? So I actually – can't smell. Oh, really? Yeah. So I cannot smell oils, but I still use them. But you them. use them. Correct. Can you taste them? <sighs> yes. So so some oils you can actually dilute and... Yes. So what oils do I use? I use frankincense. Did, were you born... I mean, we just glossed right over that. Yeah. Um, you were born with no smell? I wasn't born with no smell. I would call it the equivalent of having like bad eyesight and going blind. I was born with limited smell, mm-hmm. and then it went away, and it was completely gone by the time I was about like 13, 14. Wow. Do you um, miss it? Actually, it's, like, interesting. I don't really think about it a lot. And for the most part, I've lived in places where, like, people are like, wow, it smells like <laughs> – when people talk about what it smells like, it's usually terrible. Yeah, that's um, true. Like, I used to like live in downtown superpower. L.A. and people would, smell that? Yeah, it would just be like, everything smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> so for the most part, I don't. However, something I used to think about a lot as a doula is – Abigail Reagan, the woman who trained us, would talk about the smells of birth and how you can sometimes tell when things are progressing Mm, by the smell. And I remember thinking, like, this is a sense that I don't have. So there's a couple things with that. Like, and then additionally, caring for an infant. One, like the bonding element of just not knowing what my child's going to smell like makes me sad. Yeah. And then two, the sort of like literally not being able to smell dirty diaper or things Mm. like that um, make me, I mean... I wouldn't say I miss smell. It's not that big of a deal. I think if you're losing a sense, it's definitely the one that I would pick. Right, sure. But there are certain things with this in particular where I'm like, oh, it'll be interesting that, like, if I am trying to figure out if something's pee or amniotic fluid, like, I'm not going to be able to smell it. you won't be able to smell smell it. it. Do you compensate for it in other senses? Do you have, like, super taste or? Um, I do think I compensate through it with other senses, Yeah. Because I'm, a, I mean, I'm face blind, but right. I, I'm very sensitive to voice and laughter and mannerisms in ways that other people generally aren't. Because mm-hmm. um, I, mean, I mean, you seem like a great person. You can't smell the milk, but I, for some reason, everybody's like, "Taste it. Tell me if it's sour." But you'd, you'd be like the best person to taste the milk. And I actually feel like there have been parts in pregnancy that I was pretty like, like threw up quite a bit during my first trimester and felt very nauseous for pretty extended period of time and I had zero food aversions and I feel like one of the reasons I had zero food aversions was because I can't smell and I actually wondered if when I was pregnant if I something I've thought about is like I'm like oh I wonder if when I'm pregnant I'll be able to smell it all like I wonder if anything will come back just because you know so many people are like bloodhounds nothing but I feel like in actually being pregnant it's probably been nice because I didn't have any like triggering things where like something would smell bad and you'd be like oh I feel sick or Mm. you know and even when you get sick like you don't you can't smell so I don't know I think there are pros and cons yeah yeah well you're cheerful about it um yeah it's kind of like what you said if something had to go yeah it's not that yeah would pick I don't know. But in terms of essential oils, I still use them because I still believe that on some level I'm receiving them. Sure. They're not just about the smell. Right. Yeah. It's about just like, yeah, like literally. chemical properties mm-hmm. that are helpful to us. Right. So that's sort like of. they're helpful to the plant from which they come. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I love how open you are. And um, gosh, it's funny how you said that being a doula and being a lawyer have similarities that uh, at first it just sounds like I was a pet groomer and now I'm a dentist. But 
<laughs> but they really are similar in a lot of ways, and there's so much complexity to you. I um, I really appreciate your coming and sharing your personal life and your journey with us. And I'm Thank very excited to uh, to bring you back it. afterwards and, yeah, see, see how, how it all went. went. I know. I'm excited to see how it went, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's coming fast. Thank you. And, Kristen, thanks for being here again. It's always great to work with you. And at home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. Go to YouTube and check out our other program. It's called The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. And it's also a lot of fun. And then... While you're at it, check out our website where you can find our blog, documentaries, and other pregnancy and parenting resources. It's informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This kid's gonna test my will. I got a lot to learn and my baby.